not be on the screen, but we just ask you to just join in with us when, when you hear the lyrics. We're just singing to him. We're singing to his heart. Just thank you, Jesus.
you for the smile that's on your face when we pour our hearts out to you. Thank you, Lord, for So I thought Valor was going to be a, a girl. Um, yeah, before I knew he was a boy. And one morning, Taya had a dream that that we were going to have a boy. And uh, in the dream, she was disappointed. And um, in the dream, he was. she was disappointed. And she's like, I feel like the Lord's preparing our hearts um, because we're so set that it's a girl that we're going to be not that we're disappointed that it's a boy but we're we're expecting a girl um and i thought i said holy cow like i just assumed it was a girl like i never i never even asked the lord and i was in here praying one morning the next that day she had the dream and i was in here praying i was like father like i was like is it a boy or is it a girl and i saw a picture of me preaching and taya sitting on the front row in a sundress and then valor walking up to me just like you did right there. I've never seen it until now. And that's super cool. And the Lord's like, he goes, he goes, what have I spoken to you? And I'm like, the only thing you've spoken to me is that, like I had one word about a son, like long ago, but I thought that was my son eventually, right? And he's just like, he's like, be prepared, you're gonna have a boy. And he showed me that picture right there of him walking up, just like that waddling up to me as I'm preaching. And we weren't even, we weren't in this room, we were over in the other room when that happened, when I had that vision. That's super cool, right? I love, I love that I can know Jesus and that we get to know him and that he's really involved in everything in our lives, not just the, not just the big things. That's super cool. That really blessed my heart right there. So you guys can, you guys can greet somebody as you sit down.
welcome, welcome to Jesus Church. Um, before we get started, I'm going to have uh, Jared, where's he at? Oh, I'm going to have Jared and, uh, and Nate come up. They're going to share a little bit on Harvest. You want to throw that logo up, Gannon? There you go. Um, so Harvest is our, uh, do you want to describe it or you want me to describe it? Harvest is like our youth, what are you guys? You're a youth group? What, what are you guys? Yeah, so Jared refuses to call it a youth group, but that's what it is. Um, and Jared's, Jared, Jared heads that up for us. It's been going super cool. It's on Saturday nights at 6, right, or 5 now? Five in the summer, so they play spike ball, right? And you guys hang out for a little bit and then eat. Um, and yeah, and then they get into the word together. It's been going super cool. So I just wanted to highlight that for you guys uh, just to hear what's going on. Um, I'm going to have Jared share a little bit, and then Nate can give a little bit of a testimony of him. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, so I think it's been going on for about a year and a half now. Um, it was really cool when Nate and Gannon, uh, we started kind of meeting in Dylan's basement. They came to me, and, or I came to them. I don't know how it really worked out, but it was like, man, we want this message of righteousness and grace to impact our friends. And so I was like, all right, we can, we can start a group and start meeting and just kind of going over the word together, studying the Bible. And it, it started to grow, and people started to find out about it. And it got so big, we, we stopped meeting in, in the house we were in, and we started meeting in the church here. So we meet here every Saturday at 5. We have food, um, and then we've been playing volleyball, playing spike ball, hanging out and just fostering community, which has been so cool, but then also getting into the word. So it's, it's a balance of both, um, you know, loving one another and spending time with one another, but also talking about those hard questions, you know, discussing things that are going on in our lives and knowing that Jesus is bringing freedom to our lives in those areas. And it's, it's, not, just, it's not just fun and games all the time, even though we value that, truth is what makes people free. And so we value the word of God. We value talking about the truth, sharing testimonies, which is showing that God is working in our lives. That's been huge. In our, in, in our group with all the kids, man, they, they really appreciate that a lot, and it stirs each other up. Tyler and Cassidy helped me out as well. Um, Angel and Luke, which they go to Michigan State, so there's a ton of good leaders that are a part of it, and uh, we've just been seeing a lot of transformation, especially within the friend group uh, at LCS and then some other, other schools that are a part of it from Okemos. Um, so it's been, it's been really cool, man. It's blessed my heart a ton. And you, you actually get to receive, it's like, it's so funny. You're never looking, you're never looking down on kids that are younger than you. You're actually receiving from them, from their perspective, from their view of who God is. And that's why it's so important just to value one another and value the, the different takes on God and what they, they have to say. So I'm going to let Nate share a little bit about it, but. Yeah, I think what you're saying about perspectives is super cool. Seeing everyone, how they see God. Um, something in particular we do a lot is we'll like take a moment and we'll have everyone ask the Lord two questions. We say, do you love me? And then we tell, like we spoil it for him that the answer is going to be yes. And then we have him ask, why do you love me? And we just get to sit there and the Lord speaks over us like this identity and righteousness. And then we just get to go around and hear what different people heard from him. And it's just super, super powerful. I feel like we're always on the edge of tears in that moment. And it's really cool. Like even last night, uh, we were talking about, like, how we receive the Lord's love for us and how we're worthy of that. And we just took, like, five, ten minutes, and we just sat there. We didn't even ask questions. We just sat in silence and let that sink into our hearts. And it's just, it's super powerful, those moments. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's just the value of the presence of the Lord, value of worship, value of prayer. Um, and I feel like, you know, really representing the fact that Jesus is real, a knowable person, 
is what is, is touching my life personally and all the leaders, but also the kids that come. So if you have any kids, anybody that you know that would be interested in that, we're here on Saturdays at 5 p.m. for the summer and then into 6 p.m. going into the fall. So we would love to be a part, for you to be a part of it. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, you have from like 16, 15, 14, all the way up to about 24, 25. So yeah, 20, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, just, just come find me or, or find Angel, Cassie, Tyler, Nate, one of us, and we'll, we'll talk to you about it. So we'd love to have you, but appreciate it guys. Yeah, it's super cool. So we're just going to try to highlight some of the stuff going on in Jesus Church so you guys can hear about it. Um, I want to uh, open it up to for, does anybody have anything that's blessed them in the last two weeks that they've been chewing on, that they've taken away um, from what we've been talking about with righteousness? Um, I want you to share it if you do. Anyone have anything? You guys are able to on the front row, too, if you guys can get it. I know I say you're out of, not you, Michelle, though. You have to sit there. Yeah. So I would say, like, just off of, like, the first, I don't want to say the first week that you were talking about it. Cause I, I know. Really know what kind of, but uh, the first, when you mentioned that you were talking about God, like, that week, like two or three weeks ago, yeah. I think I had like a serious revelation of the fact that I don't, didn't understand righteousness, like to the mm-hmm. effect where it was impacting my life. And that like, even sitting under the teaching of righteousness week after week after week for the past two years mm-hmm. that I still was striving. Like I would still like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I understand it, but then would still be working. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I understand it, but my actions weren't yeah. lining up. And so like, just hit this point of just, I don't know, I really honestly feel like I've hit my first point of actual surrender with the Lord and just being willing to be like, I know nothing. Yeah. I know absolutely nothing. And I think Michelle preached on it before, just like getting into this pattern of, of just being like, thinking that you're just so connected with the Lord that you can just go on without stopping and, and talking to him. And so like, yeah. I've connected to him a lot through running recently and just allowed him to like parent me through that and like just really stopping to like receive and mm. b- actually believe what he says about me. And I think that was, yeah. is one of the biggest takeaways that I've had recently is that like, and that was my disconnect with righteousness is that like, I understand that you say that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't believing it for mm-hmm. myself. And mm-hmm. so just like taking the moments of being like, okay, I actually believe what you're saying about me. I actually yeah. am going to receive that into my identity. And like, yeah. so just thank you for not stopping talking <laughs> yeah. about so it. So good. That's super good. <clears throat> That's funny because it goes with what I wanted to talk about this today a little bit. Tyler with me and me were talking about it last, I think Sunday. Um, and you made a statement. It was super good. He's like, I wonder if we've conditioned ourselves um, that being able to answer a question is, is you knowing it. So let me explain that. Like, we've conditioned ourselves, like, if you take a test in, all the way through school, right? Like, if you answer the question correctly, then you know it. You can get a good grade, like, yeah, I've passed that, I know that. But that's not necessarily you knowing it. 
right? You knowing something, there's a difference between knowing about something and believing something, right? There's a difference between, yeah, I, can, I know that, I can quote it, I, can, I have the scriptures, I understand it, I could probably even teach it, but there's a different thing from believing it and living it out, right? And I think that we ha- that's where the disconnect is, is like, like I said about the Spanish thing last week, like you know Spanish, you can hear Spanish, but do you actually know it? Do you understand, like do you, can you, do you understand when Angel's speaking Spanish, do you know it and understand it? But I can recognize that it's Spanish, and I recognize, okay, yeah, that's Spanish, and I can answer, hey, what language is that? That's Spanish, but I don't know it, right? So it's the same thing in Christianity. There's so many things with the Lord that, and this is why it's important, and this is why I say it all the time, is knowledge is not your goal in Christianity. Knowing Jesus is your goal, right? Like knowing him is is your goal. That's your goal. Because what we think is we see somebody that's super, super like, all right, hey, yeah, Nate loves Jesus, man. He's fired up. Okay, Nate, let's send you to Bible college. Let's do all these things and let's get you full of, of knowledge, which I'm not against Bible college. I went to Bible college, right? Like, but if I don't, if he doesn't take that knowledge and let that springboard him to a relationship and an encounter with the person Jesus, then that knowledge does him nothing. Really what it'll do is it'll start to, c- to condemn you because you'll know so much, but you're not living it, Right? Some of the people that, know, like, you, you can talk to people that know way more Bible than you, and they're just not nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, so th- then that Bible knowledge is not your answer, not your goal, right? Theology and all these things that you're studying is not the goal, unless that theology and that knowledge is springboarding you to a relationship with him, right? Like Lauren said, like, you can know all day long that God loves you, but until you've experienced his love, what is that, what good is that? Right? You can say all day long that God, I know God loves me. You could preach it. But until you've experienced, like I don't want to, I personally just don't want to be somebody that knows all these things and not experience them. Right? My, in my own personal life. I live that all. I'm like, Lord, I, I, I was like, I know, I know this and I can answer it. And when someone asks me a question, I can give them the straightest answer in the world. And I have all the truth to back it up. But I want to make sure that I'm living it. And that's what I'm saying is like. It's not a condemnation, but when you look at your life, you can say, okay, what I believe is, is produced or shown, revealed in how I actually live. It's not just what I say, right? That's why Jesus says it about the Pharisees. He's like, do as they say, just don't do as they do. He's like, because they're saying all the right things, they're just not doing all the right things. Because that's not the goal. The goal is, is, is knowing him. And, and so like, in any situation, you receive knowledge, you should take that knowledge and say, okay, Lord, how does this translate to my relationship with you? How does this translate to my relationship with people? How does this translate for your relationship with me? How do I respond to that? Like, what does it look like? How do I take this truth and now get to walk it out and live it? That's why, that's why discipleship is important. That's why Jesus, that's why he models discipleship. He doesn't model, okay, let me, man. first day I got this bottle bottle I got it for Christmas and I like opened it and I I did it all the time I went like this and slurped right here like <laughs> I did it one time on Sunday the first Sunday I got it I was like that's not cool I do and I didn't recognize it till I did it in front of everybody a couple of weeks later Tyler goes hey that first time you got that water bottle you slurped it and you haven't done it since I was like he goes I was like no something needs to be said about this <laughs> yeah my dad would let me know because I, whenever I pull it out, it like drips down my hand. So I don't want it to drip down my hand and subconsciously I have to slurp it. Okay, so Jesus, <clears throat> how many of you guys know Jesus was a Jew, right? Yeah. 
Jesus was a Jew, so he lived in a, a lifestyle of a Hebrew. And, and it's funny because the word disciple is a Hebrew, is, is, is a he, Hebraic, how would you say it? Hebraic probably. It's what we think, and this is where it's a Greek-Hebrew mindset. We're, we have a lot more of a Greek mindset. You go to college, you listen to somebody teach, and the teacher knows, and he's teaching you. That's not necessarily what Jesus meant by a teacher. A disciple, and it, when Jesus says, like, follow me and you'll be my disciples, all these things, a disciple is somebody that would walk with Jesus, live with Jesus, do everything with Jesus, and he would model something to reproduce it after them. He wouldn't just teach them. Because what we do in Christianity is we teach, and we think that that's the goal, right? Like, you guys all heard me teach, and I, 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 I taught a good message. You guys received it, and you learned something. That's not really the goal, right? Jesus modeled something. So Jesus taught all the time, but then his disciples watched him walk the things out always, right? right. So that's why discipleship is important because it wasn't just them receiving all this knowledge. It was them walking with the, with, with the master, right? So in Christianity, whether you're being discipled by somebody or you're discipling somebody or you're spending time with people, your goal is to look like the master at all times. So like how would Jesus do this? With this truth, what is it going to do to make me look more like him? Because, and like I said, righteousness, the picture of righteousness is Jesus. So when we were created, we were created according to the likeness of Jesus. So when we look at him, we model him. He's the model. We follow that model. So when we see something in his life, we go, okay, my heart, my nature, my spirit's been created according to that model. Then whatever I'm living that doesn't line up with that model, I'm going to believe and follow that model and pursue that model. Does that make sense? So the knowledge that I'm learning shows me him correctly so that I can follow it and look at it and pursue it. Does that make sense? So faith is my job. Truth and revelation is his job. I'm pursuing that understanding, that truth. And then when I see it, all my job is to believe that I can walk in it. You understand? Jesus says, follow me. Think about that. He said, follow me. So that means he must ha actually have confidence that we can. Right? Like we can live like Jesus, walk like Jesus. That's what he wants. He modeled something for us to follow. And he proved it by dying and putting his, his, his spirit inside of you and making you just like him. Right? Does that make sense? But so it's, so it's super important not just to, because the disciples wouldn't just say, yeah, I understand that. I'm trying to think of something. You know the story, I don't have time to read it, but you know the story where Jesus, they asked how many times that we should forgive somebody? What does he say? He said, should we, should we forgive him seven times? How much does Jesus say? Seventy times seven, right? And that doesn't, he does not give you a number. He's saying that you, you should live forgiveness, right? You should, just be, you should live a lifestyle of just forgiving. It doesn't matter how many times. He's like, you should see people according to the way that I see them. What does the disciples say? Increase our faith, right? It's so funny because what we say all the time, we're like, man, we need to pray for somebody to be healed. Father, increase our faith. What the disciples said is, oh, Lord, you want us to forgive people? Yeah, increase our faith, right? He sends them out to go pray for the sick and raise the dead, and they're like, yeah, no problem. But, Lord, if we got to forgive these people, increase our faith, <laughs> right? But Jesus is, and then Jesus goes into this whole thing of saying you don't need any more faith. He's saying you have all the faith in the world. You just have to see clearly, Right? And that's why it's super important that what we're learning in regards to righteousness, in regards to whatever, is we're taking that, that truth and we're letting it become our reality. How do we let it become our reality? What does that even mean? 
Think about it. How do you take something that you read? Let's say, I mean, you guys have ever read a, a scripture or a passage, and you're reading a passage, and then one, one of the scriptures just jumps out at you. Has anyone ever had that happen? And it's just like, man, that's exactly what I need. What do you do right there? Right? What does that look like? In that moment right there, one scripture jumped out to you. What do you do? Because what we do is like, oh, yeah, I see that. Okay, yeah, I know that. What the Lord wants you to do is he wants you to take that truth and now come to him in relationship and be like, all right, Holy Spirit, what does this look like in my life? How do I live this thing? What, where, where do, where, how does this truth right here make me more like you? How does this make me, what, is, what do I need to change? What do I need to submit to you? What do I need to uh, offer to you in faith to transform my life in this, with this one truth that you just showed me right here? Because what we think is, yeah, I read, I read five chapters. I'm pretty good today. But what the Lord wants is encounter and engagement. That's what I'm trying to say is it's, it's, that's what Jesus, just in that little example, Jesus is not looking for you to forgive 70 times 7. He's looking for you to become something. That's why he says that. Because he wants you to become forgiveness. And you can't become forgiveness without understanding and experiencing forgiveness from him. You can't become something that you don't know and, and believe and experience. Does that make sense? Because all day long we know that we're supposed to love people, but if you're not receiving the love of God for you, then how can you ever go out and love people? Ever. You can't. Not the way that God wants you to. Does that make sense? So there's a difference between knowing and believing. Do you want to share something? Oh, I thought you were just like, let me share something. Is there any questions on that? I'm trying to think how to, how to explain this well or where to go from here to explain this well. Okay, so look at John chapter 6 really quickly. Or John chapter 5, I think it is. Yeah, John chapter 5. Um, John chapter 5, verse 39. I, I use this scripture a lot, but I want us to see something right here. Jesus is talking to the, or to, the, um, to the Pharisees who are experts in the law, experts in the Old Testament. And he's saying in verse 39, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them, in the scriptures, you think you have eternal life. But these are they which testify of me but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Right? You're unwilling to come to me that you may have life. So Jesus is saying, he's not downplaying the scriptures. He's saying that the scriptures are an encounter with a person. Right? Like the love of God for you should springboard you to... Let me see this, how to say this. Okay, go to, go to 1 John chapter. So with that in mind, 1 John chapter 3, I think it is. 
First uh, John chapter four. I mean. So with that truth, Jesus is not downplaying the scriptures. You understand? He is the word. Right? So Jesus is not downplaying the scriptures. He's just trying to get, who, what is that baby hollering back there? I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's great. Um. So Jesus is not downplaying the scriptures. He's, he's showing you the model of what it's supposed to look like. He's showing you the model of what it's supposed to look like, that when you search the scriptures, in them, you're supposed to br- it's supposed to bring you to the person, Jesus, and now experience what it's talking about. Does that make sense? So let's just say the love of God. You're not just supposed to read about it, quote about it, put John 3.16 on all these things without experiencing the love of God. Now, what does it look like to experience the love of God? Can anyone tell me? Right. Because what we think, and this is where I, I think we struggle, is everything that we do in Christianity and in life is we think that we have to feel or, 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 or experience something to, to say that we how do I say this? We live super sensual in Christianity, and we live super sensual in our life, right? Like you wake up and you don't feel right, or you don't feel loved, then you must not be loved by God. And we think that, okay, well, my, me understanding and knowing the love of God is probably going to produce something in my life to where I feel different, or, or, or I'm, not, I'm not anxious, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. That's what we think. When all of that is just wrong believing, that make sense? Seriously, what we think in Christianity is, well, if I really experienced and knew the love of God, then I would feel or, or it, something would be different. And you're looking for something. You really can't tell me what it looks like. Right. Right, exactly. Right, we're called to live by faith and not by sight. I'm going to read it, and, and we're going to get into Romans chapter 4 and continue in Romans. But it talks about living by faith. Because seriously, this is what is, 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 I think, super detrimental in Christianity and in, in our lives is we, we judge everything by how we feel. We judge everything by, well, hey, that, that, that meeting I was just in with that person, I don't know if it really went well because it didn't really feel like we were clicking well. It didn't, like, all of those things mean nothing, right? We wake up in the morning and we're just like, all right, I'm going to spend some time in my Bible reading. And it's like you don't feel like anything happened or anything encouraged. And then you spend the rest of your day like, man, where was the Lord at? We live the whole time by feelings, yeah. Exactly, right? Well, really what it is is, is <clears throat> it's not a relationship anymore. The Lord's just working for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I wake up and me and Taya aren't, like, she, whatever, slept in and I didn't get to talk to her in the morning, I don't question whether, or if she was tired and didn't feel well in the morning, I don't question how, how we are, because we're in covenant and we've made the decision to be together, right? And I love her. But what we do is we judge everything by how we're feeling. And the enemy just, really, the enemy just wreaks havoc in your life on that. 
because you're, you're judging everything based on all these other things, right? You're trying to, you're judging something that the Lord's established in your life based on everything else. You understand Jesus just hung on a tree and died and there's an open tomb and an empty, and an, and an empty cross proving his love for you and then we question it by how we feel. Does that make sense? I remember I asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I really want to encounter your love. I was in, in this worship service, I'm laying on the floor and the Lord's like, do you want to encounter my love or do you want to know my love? And I'm like, and I, I was like questioning what, I, what he asked and I'm like, I don't really know anymore what I want. <laughs> so I was like, he's like, Dylan, because I can come and, and he's just like, and then you can experience my love right now. He's like, but what happens if you wake up tomorrow and you don't feel that same feeling? Right? I remember the, the guy that led our rival school, he said it all the time. He's like, I encountered the Lord in such a real way. He goes, it was like, it, it literally, like one morning, I just knew his love. I was praying and I just experienced his love. He's like, a couple days later, he's like, I woke up and didn't have that experience. I went into like three or four months of, of wondering what happened. Of, of, of doubting who I was, all these things. And the Lord says, he goes, nothing changed. He's like, you just, he's like, you didn't feel a feeling. He's like, and then you questioned the, the, the truth that I already said. You questioned that I already died for you, right? Because he didn't feel a feeling. He's like, I was trying, and that, so many of us, we get, we get saved, we get born again, we experience something, and then we're headed, we're always looking to go back to that place, Right? We're, we're living our lives saying, man, I'm going back to this place. I wish I could go back to this, or I wish I could go back to this. Nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is your perspective and your belief system. Does that make sense? What you believe has changed. And what you believe is producing that fruit in your life of good or bad. Right? If you feel like you need to go back to where you were, you're missing it in Christianity big time. Right? It's funny. I think about the disciples. Actually, right now in this moment, I just thought about the disciples. They're living with Jesus, and they're, like, digging it, right? Like, things are going well. And then you lock, then you lock Peter up in prison, and he's just like, man, I wish I could go back to where we were hanging out in the garden with Jesus, right? What do we do? A lot of times, in pers- we, we experience persecution or pushback from the enemy, and then we wonder what we did. Right? We're like, Lord, did we miss it? Are we sinning? What's going on? When in reality, you're just, the enemy's just coming for the word. And, he, and you're proving that you don't actually believe it. I'm kind of up in your business right now, but it's going to help in the long run, believe me. Because it'll set you free. Because when you wake up and you believe something, and this is what I mean, is like, you can know something, but if you just believe it, it's not going to shake you off of it if you don't feel it. If you wake up in the morning and you have a thought like, man, does God really love me because of this? Or I'm feeling like this. And I'm, you're looking in the mirror and you have all these things going on. If you know, if you believe the love of God for you, all those things mean nothing to you. Because you knew Jesus hung on a tree for you and it's a done deal. Right? If, you, if I took that and, and the Lord says right there what he said. He's like, Dylan, if you, he's like, what if you believed it because of my word? And I'm like, that's what I want, Lord. Because in the long run, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that God demonstrates his love and while that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's still going to say the same thing, whether I'm doing good or doing bad in my emotions. Right? I can open the Bible and it still says that Jesus hung on a cross to manifest the love of God for me. It still says the same thing every time I open it. It's amazing because that's what Jesus wants you to live like. Right? He wants you to take the scripture and let that become who you are because of belief. Now, how do we believe? You ever thought about that? 
How do you take something that you know and actually make it a belief system that you understand? It's a good question. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Because how many of you guys know things that you feel like you don't actually believe and walk in? Right? There's a lot of things that I know that I don't see. Like I'm, I'm like, man, I'm missing something somewhere. Um, verse 16 of, of 1 John chapter 4. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Right, so we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Now go to Romans chapter 4. And then we'll get into it. Because this is what we're called to. We're called to live by faith. There's so many scriptures. I'm trying to figure out how to put them all together. That it makes sense. Is there any questions? Like I said, you guys are always open for questions. Romans chapter 4 is talking about Abraham, and he's talking, because we read Romans chapter uh, 3 last week, and a little bit of Romans chapter 4, but all of it is talking about the righteousness of God that comes by faith, right? The righteousness of God that comes by faith. We can only receive righteousness from God by faith. You can only be made right with God by faith, not by anything else, because anything else is shaky ground. Faith is what you believe, and faith is you always believing. So, so he's talking about, um, about Abraham in, in, Rome, or in Romans chapter 4. How many, and man, let me just give a quick backstory of Abraham. God shows up to Abraham and preaches the gospel to him and saying that, he's like, you're going you're gonna to be the father of many nations. He's barren. Him, his, him and his wife don't have any kids, and they're old, like really old. And he's saying that you're going to be the father of many nations. He's saying, look at the stars. Takes him out, out of his tent and says, look at the stars. He goes, that's, how many, that's, that's what your descendants are going to be. He gives him a picture, which is super key and important because he's giving him a picture. He's giving him a model. He's showing him, he's showing him something that he can believe for, right? Shares it with him. A lot of other things happen. Comes back in. Changes his name to Abraham. He was Abram. Abraham means father of many nations, right? So what does he do? He shows, God shows up and changes his identity of who he is and says, this is who you are. This is what I say about you. Doesn't have any kids. Still, is barren. And then what would you say? Nine months, 10 months, a year, three months, and then she was pregnant. Right. Right. A year, the child was born. So three months, she was pregnant after he changed his name. What does he do by preaching the gospel to Abraham? He shows up to him, says, this is where you're going to be. This is what it's going to look like, and now I'm changing who you are so that you can walk in it. Right? The gospel is simple. He shows us Jesus, and he says, I'm going to make you into that same image. I'm going to change who you are so that you can pursue that image. Now, all you got to do is live it out and believe it. And then Romans says, Abraham does not, he didn't waver in his faith. He believed God. And I'm going to show you right here. And this is what, because it shows Abraham was, he received everything, and he was righteous by faith because he just believed God. 
He didn't do anything, and he didn't do everything right at all. But he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What does accounted to him mean? Put on his account, right? If I give you $100 and it's accounted to you, now you have $100. It's on your account now. So righteousness was given to him by God because he believed. Does that make sense? All right, just track with me, okay? Verse, um, Romans chapter 4, verse... Uh, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom, be- whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, or in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Right, when he looked at the stars, he says, so shall your descendants be. And then right here, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced right here, this is important, that he had promised he also was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but was that it was imputed to him or accounted to him. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us or accounted to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Therefore, verse 5, this is what I heard, chapter 5. Having been justified by what? What's justified mean? Righteous, just as if you've never sinned. Having been justified by your faith, because you believed God, you were justified just as if you've never sinned. We have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's say that you feel like you don't have peace with God. Let's say you don't experience peace. Let's say you don't feel like you you have peace. What does that matter? Does that make sense? Coming from somebody that, that struggled that struggled believing and, and not walking in it, I just had to get to the point to where I said, all right, Lord, this is what, you're, this is what it says, and, this is, and you're faithful to perform what you've promised, right? You're the, you, like you've elevated your word above your name. It's like the word of God is super important to him, a lot more than it is to us. And he says that when I believed on Jesus, I've been, made just, I've been made righteous and I was justified and I have peace with him. So if I'm not experiencing it, then I must be seeing something wrong. I must be believing something wrong that's making me feel like that. Does that make sense? That's why I always say lies are, are robbing you. And the enemy is robbing you because you can wake up and be like, man, I don't feel peaceful anymore. What, what, what happened? I, I must not have peace with God. And you live your whole life. Now you're like, it's pretty soon six months down the road, you're wondering if you're even saved. And all it was was just a feeling. That's why he says the just live by faith. Because it's not, about, it's, not about what you're, it's not about what you're feeling, it's about what you believe. And what you believe always produces a different feeling. 
right? I remember I was, I was preaching, um, whatever, I was preaching somewhere, and this girl says, what about, what about if your emotions are crazy and you can't help it and all these things? And I said, I was like, your emotions follow your, your dominant train of thought. Emotions follow your dominant train of thought. Your dominant train of thought usually follows what you actually believe deep down, right? If you feel like a failure, if you, if you believe you're a failure, you're going to live probably pretty depressed in your life, right? As a minister of God, what, here's the problem, and here's what, here's what I, not what I struggle with, but here's what I see so clearly is so many times we want to be ministered to our feelings and we want to be ministered to our emotions, and that's not what we're looking for, right? We want to come to church. We want worship to be well so that we feel better so that we can go out and, feel, and, and do things differently because we feel better, right, when I preach truth. Because truth, if I can change your belief system, it'll change the way that you think. It'll change your entire life. Right? If you woke up every day and knew that you were loved by God and believed it, you didn't just, you didn't just know it, you didn't just sing about it, all these things, when, and you didn't just feel it when we were singing Reckless Love, but you believed it in your heart, and you knew and you experienced the love of God for you because you're like, man, Jesus, I know that you died for me and I'm thankful for it. It would change the way that you saw yourself and looked and, and lived and thought. And the way that you thought and lived and, and looked would actually change the way that you felt in your life and lived and actions would change in your life because of what you believe. Does that make sense? Because so many times we try to minister to so many other things when there's a belief system that's wrong. Right? That's why it's so funny because like I didn't realize that so much until I got, I started serving the Lord more and he did it in my life and then I started seeing it in other people's lives. They'd talk to me about things and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, none of that's actually the problem. I was like, what the problem is, is like right here. And they're like, holy cow, you're right. And I'm just like, and when we ministered to that, all the other stuff just kind of fell into place. Because I was like, like I remember I was on the phone center. And I, was, I, was, I did prayer ministry on a phone center for a ministry. And they called, and this lady calls in and she's just like, I want you to pray for my husband that has Alzheimer's and this and that. And it's just like, I'm so, fr like, I'm so frustrated with this situation. And, this, and she was actually super sincere. I could tell that she was um, like really, she was really struggling. Like she was whatever, but I was like, she's like, would you just pray for him to be healed, all this stuff, and I'm just like, you kind of had a time limit, um, but I put my two weeks in, so I like, <laughs> you had like a time limit, because we had so many calls, like we would be, I'd be talking on the phone, and it would be a 35 in the queue, and we had like, I don't even know how many people in that phone center, did you guys ever go in the phone center, how many people do you think is in there, you ever walk through there, it was like, it was a room bigger than this, and it, we had cubicles. So, I mean, we had probably, we probably had under 100. We probably had 50 or 60 people in there on the phones at all times, and we had, so we had 35 in the queue, and that was, non, like, nonstop. So, like, the, obviously there's a time limit. You can't just, like, whatever. But I put my two weeks in, so I was already going to be done. So I was like, I took my time. But, like, so she's telling me this whole thing, and I was like, I said, hey, I, like, I, I understand, like, you know, we're a prayer line. I'll pray for you, this and that. I was like, but really, here's what, I was like, here's what I'm feeling. And I just, I was like, I, I, I'm treading lightly. But I, the problem is, is you're frustrated with your husband because you're not seeing anything change because you're praying for him. And in reality, you're just really frustrated with yourself. I was like, because you believe like God's abandoning you and you're not probably flourishing in your relationship with him right now. And she just starts like crying. And she's just like, literally, the, I talked to her for 60 some minutes. <laughs> your, your limit's eight. I talked to her for 60 minutes, but it was, she's like, 
I don't even know if I prayed for her husband. I can't remember. But I just ministered truth through her. I'm just like, oh, so you understand, God's not disappointed at you. Because what she feels is like, I'm supposed to be a Christian. I need to pray for my husband, like this and that. And then I'm not acting like Jesus at all. So the whole thing, she's not acting like Jesus at all. So that all that crap is all condemning her nonstop. You understand? So now when she, now she wakes up and feels condemned like she's not doing enough. Her husband's not himself, which is terrible anyways, right? So she's trying to love him the best that she can, not adding up to her own test that she's taking. And then her own test is now condemning her and it's just keeping her in this cycle where she's just, and the whole time she's super distant from the Lord when the Lord just wants to say, hey, what are you doing? Like, I love you. I know you. Now let me help you, right? But we're the ones taking our test and we're condemning ourselves. And that's why righteousness is so important. So I'm, I'm like, all the stuff that you want me to pray for, all the problems are not the problem. The problem is, is your belief system right here. You don't know who you are. She literally, when we hung up the phone, she was like, I'm so thankful I called in. She's like, She's, she literally, from her mouth, was like, she's like, I didn't actually believe or understand, and I was doubting whether God really loved me, but I know he, I know he does. She's like, when I called in, I, I was really questioning it. And she's like, but I'm super thankful I talked to you today, because I, I know he does. But what it did was it positioned her now to attack all the other problems that she needs, because she understands who she is. Does that make sense? That's why believing is super important, because she knows all this stuff. That's why she's in this mess, Right? If she didn't know any of that stuff, she wouldn't be condemned. But so she knows all the stuff she's supposed to be. She knows who she's supposed to be. She knows she's righteous. She knows she's all these things. But all her knowledge is condemning her because she's not taking that time to say, okay, Lord, what's going on and being with him? Because what happens is we know all these things. We're not living up. Well, then we distance ourselves from him. And that's why I say righteousness is important for relationship with Jesus. That's why Jesus is saying, he's like, don't just search the scriptures and not come to me. Search the scriptures and come to me. If you see something in your life that's not, okay, I might be getting super frustrated with my husband. Father, what's going on? What am I believing? What am I missing? Because I need to know. I need to see it. Because when I believe it, man, I'll live it. Right? Because there's a difference between knowing it and believing it. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? So look at Hebrews chapter, oh wait, hold on, hold on. I didn't finish it. Okay. Okay, so let's say you have a... Let me think about this, Lord. So what does it look like to actually know, what does it look like to believe something and not just know it? Ask yourself that question. What does it look like for you to actually believe, to know that you're believing something and not just know it? You're living it, right? Here's another question. You believing it, does it always... Does it mean that you're seeing it perfectly every time? That's where we miss it, right? So what you believe doesn't necessarily translate to you being perfect and everything in that area. Does that make sense? And that's what we have to see. Because faith, faith, belief, faith taps you into grace that transforms you. So what you're believing 
positions you to see the transformation in your heart, even if you don't see it right now. Because what we say is like, okay, well, well when I'm perfect, then I must be believing it. No, when you're pursuing it and, and, and walking in that truth and letting it become your reality, letting it, do you understand what it means by letting it become your reality? When you're pursuing that one thing right there, you're letting grace transform you, that's when you're believing. Faith is active. Does that make sense? So Jesus is teaching to all the multitudes and his disciples say, hey, what does that mean? And they're pursuing the truth that he's teaching to everybody. So everyone, they're pursuing something because they want to, to walk in it because they see Jesus walking in it. They might not necessarily be walking in it, but they're believing it. They're believing that they, they're not just hearing it, but they're believing it. Does that make sense? So look at this. Verse, verse uh, one of chapter five. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, through Jesus also, we have what? Access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not knowing that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So through faith, we have access into grace. And we already talked about grace, but grace transforms you and makes it your reality. So let's say right here in the, in the example of does God love me or the example of the love of God, what I would do is I see a truth of, okay, to know the love of God is to be filled with all the fullness of God, Ephesians chapter 3. So I'm going to sit and I'm like, all right, Father, I know that. I understand that. I was like, but I want to experience that truth and I want to pursue that truth. Now, by faith, I'm pursuing something. And now it's not my effort. It's just my heart and my pursuit. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Is there any questions on that? So I remember in the midst of, so I was going through a bunch of like, I don't even know, a bunch of crap is what I would call it. Um, I was going through a bunch of identity problems and like the enemy was just attacking my mind like crazy and my emotions and I was anxious and I couldn't sleep at night and all these things were happening. I remember I'd come into my bedroom and I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like, Father, I don't understand and the Lord would just interrupt me. He'd say, Dylan, you don't have a problem. And I'm just like, what do you mean I don't have a problem? He's like, nothing's changed from the last time. And I'm like, I said, Lord, but like all these things, he's like, you don't have a problem. And I was like, he's like, Dylan, I still love you. You're still pure. You're still righteous. You're still mine. I'm still in you. You're still in me. There's nothing different. It's just, he's like, your thinking's different. 
your mindset's been changed. Your mind, you've, you've believed something wrong. You've believed a lie somewhere. And the Lord started to show me where I was believing lies. I'm like, and he, he revealed it, I mean, specifically. Like, this is what happened. This is whatever the case may be. I don't even care where it came from, whatever. Like, he'd be like, this is what, you believe this about yourself, and now this is producing all this in your life. He's just like, he's like, you have to believe what I say about you. You have a question? Go ahead. You need this, or is it going to be quick? Do you think God would ever make you feel bad to try and teach you something? No. No. I'm trying to figure out how to answer that well, but... Yeah. How do you want me to answer that? However, I feel like answering it. Right. Yeah, and that's the problem, and that's so. This is the problem with all of that. This is where I sh- I, sh- I do struggle with this. Is there so so many things like that? We're trying to be led outside of a relationship with God. That's what I'm trying. Is God does not lead you by feelings. He does not lead you by external circumstances. Right? And this is our problem is that's why we struggle in our relationship is like, oh, Lord, did I do something? God doesn't lead you like that. He leads you by faith. Right? So it's like people would be like, well, I'm like, if, if I feel like if I fell into all this whatever problems and, and I got hurt and it's like, is God trying to teach me something? Is he trying to tell me something? Is it like, why wouldn't he just tell me in my bedroom then? Right? Like, why wouldn't he just walk in when I'm actually sitting there with him asking him for, for guidance and direction? Why would he have to break my leg to show me something? Does that make sense? Like, why would God lead me outside of relationship? You understand? Think about this. Would Peter come to, he's like, hey, Jesus, I'm feeling like super distant right now. Like, and Jesus is like, yeah, I've been kind of giving you the cold shoulder because of what you did. Yeah, it, it sounds hysterical when Jesus is in the flesh, but he's also living in you in the spirit. So what's the difference? Right? Would Jesus just be like, you know, Bailey says a joke to him at the dinner table. He's like, yeah, real funny. And just kind of goes on talking to, to James. And he, she's like, what did I do? And he's just like, I, like Jesus doesn't play manipulative games like that. We might, but he doesn't. You understand? Like that's not how, but we've been led like that our entire lives. Like Jesus doesn't just say, okay, Cassidy, I know you're doing super well, but I need to kind of teach you some patience and perseverance and tribulation. So I'm just going to give you some anxiety now. It's not how it works. Right? This is what happens, and you have to realize that you're in a war. You're pursuing something, and okay, therefore we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in peace with God. We're enjoying relationship with God, and the enemy is just like, okay, we'll see how you really believe. Let me just turn off the peace and see how you feel, right? Why else would we need perseverance if we're not going to encounter problems, right? We're pursuing something, and the enemy is just like, okay, you want to see, it looks like you guys are really in love together. Let me just try to mess some things up. Let me just lie to your wife or lie to you and try to teach, you know what I'm saying? And if, we don't, if you're not sharp, you're being like, oh, this is an attack. I'm not realizing. Like, there's so many times where the Lord's like, hey, it's warfare. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know it was warfare. I thought I was just tripping real quick. Like, literally, I do it, like, lots of times. I was just, like, this, I was just praying in the spirit, and the Lord's like, it's warfare. And then he'd show me in an instant, like, oh, my gosh, that makes perfect sense. It is warfare. And it's like, once you see that, then you're not going to believe it. But the Lord just doesn't come and just say, hey, I'm just going to swirl your emotions just to see how you are. Like, 
What good is that? You understand? It's crazy because Jesus really trusts, and I always say, he, he trusts what he deposits in you. He trusts your relationship with him. He really wants, he really wants to see when the fire comes, because it's coming and it's not from him, it's coming because of him. He wants, he, he's just like, he trusts that, like, man, Tyler, because Tyler, and this is what's so sweet about this, this is why I believe that I really understand warfare is because I went through a lot of hell, but this is, it's, he comes to test, okay, does Tyler actually believe that he's at peace with God? So the enemy comes, and the Lord sees it, and he already deposited everything that, that Tyler needs. He built a relationship with Tyler to where Tyler believes who he is in Christ. The enemy comes, and he goes, he's going to test Tyler, and Tyler's going to respond like I've created him to respond. And when he does, he's going to know even more that I'm with him. He's going to know even more that he's loved. He's going to know even more because of the problem. That's why the end, then the Lord's just like, so go ahead and poke him, enemy. Like, question whether he's loved by God because I know that he knows. You understand? Jesus doesn't just lead Tyler into the problem or, or he, the enemy doesn't just come and, 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 and do that when you're not ready. The Lord trusts what he's done in your heart. He trusts that. You understand, like, I'm not going to encounter a big problem where I need to pray for somebody if the Lord hasn't already equipped me to, to, to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that your faith would not fail, right? Jesus says, the, the enemy comes, or Jesus tells Peter, he goes, <laughs> He's like, the enemy has asked for you, but I've prayed for you. That, he's like, that your faith wouldn't fail because it's what you believe is not going to fail, right? That's why it's the good fight of faith, right? That's why G Paul says, I have kept, I've run the race, I've kept the faith because it's not about anything else. It's about coming against what you believe. You understand, people could bust in the door and start killing Christians right now. You guys would see what you believe. It wouldn't be about what you sing. It wouldn't be, it'd be about what you believe. And it's coming against that truth. That's why there's persecution in the church. That's why it's all coming against what you believe. Because he's trying to get you not to believe it. Right? And he's trying to keep people from believing it. We have to see that. We have to see that that's what the battle is. Because what we'll do is we'll try to fight in external circumstances all the time. And we'll not try to fight and say, okay, what I need to do then is I need to believe it and I need to grow in it. Does that make sense? So go to Hebrews chapter 11. Is there any other questions on that? That's good. Is that making sense? Hebrews chapter, man. Hebrews chapter 10, we'll start there. <laughs> Look at verse 32. It says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, what's he talking about? Right, after you were born again, when your eyes were open, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. <laughs> partially while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations. And partially while you became companions of those who were so treated. Right, so he's saying that you became, because of tribulation and sufferings and all these things, you, it either happened to you or it happened around you. But the people that you were, you were running this race with were being, were being attacked because of what they were illuminated with, because of what they saw. 
Right? I can't be, a, I, look, I'm not going to be, I love you guys too much to tell you that you're not in a war. It might not, it might not be super awesome and it might not attract a bunch of people, but I'm not going to be that Christian that just tells you that it's all happy and dandy. It's super happy and dandy because you see something clear, right? Paul says, rejoice always in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice in chains, in a, in a sewer pit, in, in, Philipp, in Philippians. That's what, that was what his model of Christianity is. Like anyone else want to be born again? And they were coming to him by the thousands because they saw something in his life, right? So I just like, I think so many times we just think that it's just like, you know, hey, accept Jesus, walk with Jesus, and it's going to be all smooth sailing. That's what you think. Look, we think in Christianity that we're going to get to a place to where we're just going to kind of fly above the clouds and it's not going to be any more problem. No, like, some of you guys probably think that about me. Like, you think like, oh, Dylan's going pretty well just because he doesn't experience any problems. No, the difference is, is that you go completely through the problems without letting it affect you all the time. Does that make sense? That's what we're looking for in Christianity. We're looking for us to see something in steadfastness and perseverance. Does that make sense? We have to be steadfast, and that's what Paul's about to talk about. He goes, look, he says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Why would you need endurance if there wasn't problems? Right? We need it. He's like, you have need of endurance. For yet a little while, in verse 37, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back, praise God, to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Right, so Paul's trying to burst something in us, is a, is a holding on of the truth. So in the, in the example of, okay, Father, I want to I wanna experience your love. Well, then what if everything comes against that in that one truth? What if everything comes against, what if I don't feel like God loves me? What if I, all these things are coming against, I have to live by faith and I have to endure that truth so that I see the reward. But by my faith, okay, let me keep reading. Okay, verse 11 or verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for the what? Evidence, Evidence of things what? So faith. Faith is the substance of things that you hope for, but you might not see them. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between you knowing and believing, but believing doesn't always see the result right now. Right? So if I'm trying to walk in patience with my wife, I'm pursuing something and I'm saying, Father, I want you to make that my, my reality. I see this in Jesus and I'm pursuing it completely and wholly. Like I want to see, I, didn't, I don't want to just know about it, I want to live this thing. Now I might not see it every single time, but I am pursuing that one truth. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Does that make sense? So keep reading. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Man, you guys want to see what, it, what it's like to live in the Christian life? You should read this whole chapter. And you should see that faith is not just something that you do, it's something that you live by. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. 
something right here. This is something I really want us to see. This is a life verse of mine. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he's a rewarder. Be where you can play. I'll finish. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Here's the problem with us believing is we believe, we think that we want to, or we believe a lot more than the Lord wants to reward. We believe, we think that our pursuit of God is a lot more than his pursuit of us. We think that we want to see and understand something a lot more than God wants us to see and understand something. Right, we think that we, we think that we have to or we think that we have to, or we want to believe God's love a lot more than God wants us to believe God's love. Does that make sense? And that's the problem. And that's what I'm talking about with, with Abraham is he says he, he judged God faithful to perform what he's promised. Because true faith is always found in the nature of God and the understanding of who he is. So when you're pursuing something, you're saying, okay, Father, like, I might know everything about righteousness, like like Rachel, or, uh, Rachel, I don't know why I said Lauren. Everything about righteousness, like Lauren said, but I might not be seeing it. You have to right there in that moment, trust and believe that God wants to reveal that to you and wants you to walk in it a lot more than you want to. Do you understand? Like, <laughs> to the point that you believed in and gave your life to Jesus, God was pursuing you a lot more than you ever dreamed or imagined he was to that point. Like, you might, you might even right now see, oh my gosh, yeah, looking back, I can see where God was like looking for me and per pursuing me. You're gonna get to heaven one day and actually be completely blown away. Right, like we, 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 it comes back to we have to understand that God is a rewarder, plain and simple. He rewards us. <clears throat> that song we're singing, what does it say? It says, you're my reward. When we're pursuing him, we're going to be rewarded with him. Does that make sense? So I remember, and this is what I mean by faith. Will you take this? My table's black and I like subconsciously always wipe off all the stuff and it's like static and it never comes off so it drives me nuts that's why I have my Bible like if I have stuff spread out on it I don't have to see all that I had the Lord tell me he's like in that season where I said I was struggling the Lord said you don't have a problem I'd come in and the Lord would speak truth to me all the time. He'd show me who I was. He'd randomly show me who I was. He'd bring people that would share a word that would confirm 100%. I mean, I'd had, I had pages of words. And I was in my room and the Lord just comes to me. He's like, Dylan, he's like, what is, he's like, what has to happen right now for you to walk out the door and be changed? Right now, think about it. What you want in, 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 in Christianity, what you want in your relationship with Jesus, right now, what has, to, what has to change for you to walk out the door and be different? Nothing. Your belief has to change. Does that make sense? You understand, Jesus is not going to speak anything he hasn't already spoken. 
He's not going to say any because what we do is we're like, man, Lord, we really need a breakthrough. So you're here and you're hoping that somebody comes and prays. And all that we're saying is we're saying, man, Lord, I really hope my feelings and things change. We don't want to say it like that, but that's the truth. We're saying, I hope all these external circumstances change so that I feel different when I walk out the door. Because the only thing that's going to change is you believing what he's already said, believing what's already true about you, believing who he already made you to be. When you walk out the door, the only thing that could change everything about your life is you just saying, man, right now I'm just going to, I'm going to pursue this one reality that, man, you say right now that I have peace with you. I might not have experienced peace to this point, and I might not be experiencing it in this moment, but you say because of your blood on the mercy seat, I have peace with you, so I'm not going to live outside of peace. I don't care what I feel like. That's what faith says. Might not change, but this is, this is what we have to see, is when we say, okay, Father, this is what I want to understand, and I want to know, and I'm going to pursue this thing with everything that I have by faith. You tap into the grace of God that now comes and, and opens your eyes to see it because you're believing it. Does that make sense? Romans chapter 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means the faith that we have only comes when we see something and hear something. That's crazy because God's just like, hey, here's this truth. And you're like, okay, what do I have to do? You have to believe it. You're like, okay, how do I do that? He's like, did you hear it? You're like, yeah, I want to believe it. Yeah, that's the faith that it produced in your heart. So here's the, here's the tool that you use to receive what I want to give you. It shows you that it's not about you at all. That's sweet. That's why Jesus, I'm in my bedroom and he's showing me. He's just like, you'll get it. I'm just going to keep speaking to you because when you see it, all those things have already been sowing seeds of faith in your heart, and it's going to produce the harvest that I want it to. But man, we have because what that does is we it it brings us to the place of living a righteous lifestyle because we come to the Lord and we say, "Man, Lord, it's ours. Things are done. Things are settled. What you said about me is settled. So I don't need another." Because what we do is we come and we're trying, trying, trying to get a break for, breakthrough. And what that does is it distance yourself from the Lord and your relationship with him because you're trying to get something that's already given to you. You get frustrated, grayed out, and you have no intimacy with the Lord. Pretty soon you're like, I don't want to go in. And you're like, do I even really love the Lord? Do I even really want to be with him? But the whole time it's all deception because you're trying to get something that's already yours. Does that make sense? I've lived that lifestyle. It's terrible. Because every time you come, you're like, man, I need, you open your Bible, you're like, I need another word that's probably gonna help me and set me free to where I can walk out today and not feel anxious. I can walk out today and not feel like this. I can walk out today and think different about myself. When in reality, the only thing that's gonna change is what you believe. You already see it. And even if you don't see it, you're like, Lord, I wanna see it. And faith will open those, those open, help you open the, your eyes to it. And we got to be people of faith because we, we don't live by, we live by faith. The just live by faith. The ones that are justified, the ones that are made pure, the ones that are just as if they've never sinned will live by faith. So now every situation you're in, you're just like, okay, I see something. I've received something. It's just adding to what you already believe. So now when you feel like you're not, you, you're not loved by God, the truth is that you are and you're pursuing that truth. You're not letting external circumstances trying to dictate what you believe because they will believe me right you crash your car the thought will come that did I do something wrong does God love me why didn't he protect me blah 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 all these things 
because it's coming against what you believe. But guys, we have to see this truth right here, that whatever you're facing, whatever you're in, whatever you need breakthrough in, your answer is him and your answer is there. Whether you see it or not, you just got to pursue that truth. Be like, Father, I want to know this. I want to see it. And then when he speaks it to you, there's nothing more you have to do but just believe it. And then belief simply looks like you just giving yourself to him and saying, all right, Father, I might not feel peace. I might, have, I might not have felt peace, but you said, therefore, I have peace with you. So it looks like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you don't have any peace, well, Father, I'm thankful out loud that I have peace with you. I'm thankful, Holy Spirit, that you're showing me what it looks like, and I'm thankful that regardless of what I feel right now, I'm thankful that your blood says I have peace with you, so I don't need to worry. Man, that would be awesome for us to live our lives like that. You know what that would do is it produce a steadfast church, produce a steadfast people. That's what we all want to be. It's where we encounter a problem, we're just steady. Where we're not flying above storms, we're just walking through them. Right? We're not avoiding fires, we're just kind of walking through them with Jesus. And not smelling like smoke when we walk out. That'll change the world. Right? That'll, that'll have people look at your life and be like, why do you live the way that you do? And you're like, because of my faith in him. And here's what's sweet, and I want to I just finish with this. His faith does not come by effort. It comes by, it comes by knowing him. It comes by receiving. Like I said, faith comes by hearing. You cannot strive your way into effort because faith does not come, or you can't strive your way into effort. You totally can do that. You can't strive your way into faith. Faith doesn't come by the mind. It comes from the heart. As a, with the heart, man believes. And the only way that your heart can be impacted is for you to be with him. Right? So let's say, let's say I want to grow in God's love. I, every scripture that it says, every, every picture in, in, in the scriptures that has love in it, I'm in it. And I'm, I'm devouring it. And I'm chewing on it. And I'm thinking about it. And the Lord's just like, hey, do you see my cross? That's the picture of my love. Now this is what it looks like. So I'm saying, Holy Spirit, give me a, give me a clear understanding of it. And he's grounding me in truth in that, and he's giving me faith every time I see it. Every time I spend time with him, it's a result, it's more faith. So I'm not pursuing him to get something, I'm pursuing him to see what I've already been given. By, does that make sense? By faith, I'm tapping into the grace that's already provided for me, that I can stand in the midst of all the problems. Does that make sense? takes away our striving because like I said it comes as a result of relationship as knowing so let's just be people that settle that in our heart you guys stand with me <coughs> Tyler's like should we pray for people that they feel better right now Anyone that feels bad, would you come up here? We can pray for you. Here's the thing is, is once we believe, like I said, we'll start to think different and you'll, you will see things change. You will see emotions change because you'll be a rooted person. When the storms come, you won't be tossed to and fro, you'll be grounded. Right? When motions come, you won't be tossed to and fro, you'll be grounded because of truth. So we'll have our prayer team up here. Um, <clears throat> you guys can come, yeah. Um, Simon, you can pray with Jared.
just open for anybody. Um, what did you say last week you felt like the Lord wanted to do? Does anybody have anything specifically like that? Come up. Anyone else? We're going to pray for you. But just common things that you struggle with, like that you feel like you have to struggle with just because that's what everybody struggles with. Like aches and pains. Mm That would be cool. But for the rest of us, let us just pray. Aiden, you want to come pray too? For the rest of us, let us just pray. Um, I want us to purpose in our heart that, man, even if we don't necessarily understand everything that the Lord's been teaching to us, but that we're just going to pursue that with faith, right? We're going to be people that our lives look like faith. So just right now, with whatever we're, whatever you, you feel like the Lord has for you in this season, I want you to tap into it by faith right now and talk to Him and just be like, Father... This is what you're teaching me. I want to see it more, and I'm going to pursue it. Regardless of what I feel like or look like, and everything comes against it, I'm going to believe it right now. So just close your eyes and just talk to the Lord about that right now. Father, we thank you that we're going to be people of faith. We thank you that we're going to be people that... Man, when you come, like you said, you'll find faith on the earth. Father, we we thank you that we're going to be people that, because of our relationship with you, man, we're going to be full of faith. That we're going to be people that live a life that's full of faith. Steadfast and sure in who you've called us to be. We love you, Jesus. And Lord, I just ask that, man, you open our eyes to an understanding and a revelation of grace and righteousness, Father. That you get us to see clearly what you've done for us, Lord. That we be rooted and grounded in this truth. Father, I pray that righteousness just be the life that we live, the atmosphere that we live in, in our homes, in our workplaces, Lord. And Father, open our eyes to see it. And let it become something that we believe, not something that we just know. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are free to go. We love you. Have an awesome week. Thank you.